0: But yeah, so I get ranges anywhere from people, kids that are like six years old, all the way up to the oldest, I think I've heard, like a 95 year old guy, figuring out how to like to pick knowledge from, from each of them and everybody in between. That's something that I've always been into. Uh, and I'm just glad that like barbering's just given me the platform to do so. But like in terms of trust, I think honestly, it's a lot more than just like getting, giving you guys like the right haircuts. It's more so like the intimacy of it all. Because if you really think about it, like, and I honestly just realized this, like, two months ago, the only person that really ever touches your head aside from yourself, are your parents growing up, or your significant other, for somebody to like really put their hands on your head like that, like, nobody does that. So I feel like the moment that like, we throw the cape on, and like, I start to like, put my hands on your head, it kind of already breaks down that barrier and gives you like that familiarity of like, like that safety net of like, I'm usually safe when I'm in my parents hands, I'm safe with them in my girls hands. And like, now I'm safe in my barber's hands. You know what I mean? Nobody really touches your head and doesn't take care of you. You
1: are now listening to The Next Iteration Podcast with your hosts, Fuad and Damien. If you like the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to The Next Iteration Podcast. Today's guest is Lulu Cruz, aka Luke uh we've got a really exciting episode for, t- for you today Lulu is my barber uh other than being a very talented barber he's got a ton of shit on his plate he's an excellent skateboarder although I gotta see some videos he 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 does some raps too so I'll get into freestyle on this on this bitch a little bit as well uh and he just had a kid which is huge so we're really excited to like pick his brains around that and stuff as well I've had a lot of conversation with Lulu just in the barbershop in the chair and he's like honestly he's like an older brother like he's just chock full of wisdom, like so many, so many cool things he's done, and like so many insights he has. So excited to share some of those with you and like just kind of get to know him as a person. Uh, beyond that, he also has his own podcast. We'll link it in the description. You should definitely check it out. It's called The Pod Capsule. Super, super dope. 100% supportive of this idea as well. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a bit about Lulu. But let me stop talking and let me let me pass over the mic to him to introduce himself. Um, What's
0: up? um thank you again for having me guys um again my name is Lulu uh where did you guys want to start today Damien's got it yeah
2: I mean so let me say it's a it's a pleasure to kind of hop back into this thing with someone that has you know from the first five seconds of meeting him kind of just immediately pass the vibe check so yeah, <laughs> it's a pleasure to uh be kicking this back off we were kind of on a brief hiatus for a little bit life caught up to us and you know uh I'm sure it'll be a it'll be revelatory but also just very i don't know what's the word i'm looking for reflective in a way to kind of get some insights from you even just about managing life and like the chaos that ensues it all comes to you fast right like you just had a kid like i like life comes at you fast before you even know it so um i mean like let me start off by asking you about how maybe you and fwad even got to this point and maybe i if i can uh do you know do you know the tiktok account vic blends
0: Vic Blends, I'm very, uh, so I don't, I've never seen his TikToks, but I, I'm very familiar with who Vic Blends, yeah.
2: Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm just wondering in my head, because, you know, th- talking about the, the conversations you guys have had in the barbershop, are you guys having just like these deep, intimate con- conversations like Vic Blends does, just over a haircut, like what's going on with that?
0: Uh, so it's very, uh, very similar, um, and it's kind of like how you said to start off with like how in the first five seconds you kind of felt like I fit the, the vibe check in a sense, um, that's usually like the first haircut or two. Um, But with uh, Fawad specifically, man, there was honestly like the first first text, um, just the way he sent me things like, hey man, my boy Ryan gets cut by you. Um, I love his haircut. And like just the way he like introduced himself. Um, And so the moment he came in, uh, it's kind of like, it kind of fit like uh, each other's vibe and definitely just kind of like riding off of that. And um, as you like begin to like cut somebody's hair, usually around like the third or fourth time like when you like truly uh enjoy the presence like all that stuff kind of just like naturally just begins to come out and just start exchange, exchanging like life experiences and stuff like that is there
2: anything specific or i don't know i guess for kind of for everyone like a haircut's almost it's a very intimate thing right like i don't know uh-huh. like people's hairs are a, a big part of their lives yeah. about their identity so it's there's a lot of trust they got to be placing in you as you know their barber to be uh to kind of just fix them up you know get them looking good yeah and definitely is that like so did that come naturally for you like have you always been this type of person that kind of asks people questions like this you've been insightful and just curious about people's lives or is it something about that experience of becoming you know a barber cutting people's hair and just you know this this trade-off of trust like how did you how did it get to this point
0: yeah so like growing up I've always, I was always very much into um just, like, learning about people, learning about their walks of life. Um, just because, like, I was, I was the youngest of three brothers. Um, so I was always told to, like, look at, like, what my older brothers did and learn from their experiences. Uh, so growing up, I just used that for, like, whether like, a baseball coach, uh, friends, extended family, and now same thing for my clients. Uh, Fawad and I are uh, very similar. I think we're the same age, right?
1: Yeah, 23. Um,
0: yeah 23 um but yeah so i get ranges anywhere from people kids that are like six years old all the way up to the oldest i think i've called like a 95 year old guy and shit. you're like just figuring out how to like to pick knowledge from from each of them and everybody in between um that's something that i've always been into uh and i'm just glad that like barbering's just given me the platform to do so um but like in terms of trust uh, I think honestly, it's a lot more than just like getting, giving you guys like the right haircuts. It's more so like the, the intimacy of it all. Cause if you really think about it, like, and I honestly just realized this like two months ago, um, that the only person that really ever touches your head aside from yourself are your parents growing up or your significant other for somebody to like really put their hands on your head like that. Like, yeah, nobody does that. Um, so I feel like the moment that, like, we throw the cape on and, like, I start to, like, put my hands on your head, it kind of already breaks down that barrier and gives you, like, that familiarity of, like, like that safety net of, like, I'm usually safe when I'm in my parents' hands, I'm safe with them in my girls' hands, and, like, now I'm safe in my barber's hands. You know what I mean? Nobody really touches your head and doesn't take care of you.
2: Damn. I love it. That's beauty. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like if somebody did take this out of context, you wouldn't even realize we are talking about a haircut. But, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it, it, what I love about it is that as with so many different aspects of life, um, it becomes this artistic expression or it becomes such a huge piece of you, right? And just to hear you talk about that, it's it's such a beautiful thing. And honestly, for anyone that would if, if I was getting my hair cut, I would want someone to be speaking about, you know, cutting my hair in this way, you know, to treat yeah. it as almost like this privilege or this, this, this gift to be able to do so lulu it's it's a treat to to hear you saying that now have you ever fucked someone up though
0: oh 100 (laughs) Um, man so uh i honestly like so i signed up for barber school without even giving a single haircut um seriously so got to barber school and these people everybody comes in and they're paying eight dollars for a haircut and if you get a beginner, they're going to fuck you up. Um, but if you get somebody who's like close to graduating, then you get like a barbershop style haircut for eight bucks. It's pretty cool. Um, I I was aware that I knew nothing about this. Um, so I was like super eager just to like fuck everybody up. <laughs> so <like> anytime somebody <laughs> came in, like always, I would just raise my hand like, like who wants next? And I would go in and I'm just, and I'm cutting. Um, and it was just, like, I wanted to make all those mistakes because I knew for a fact that I had to. Like, there's no way to get, get over this thing. Um, so, yeah, man, I was, like, all, everything that you see online, like, the, the messed up hairlines, uneven beard. Um, man, yeah, I definitely have my fair share of messing up some haircuts with show. <laughs>
1: Dude, what got you into, into barbering? Like, what, when did you make the decision? Because you said you never actually cut any of this hair until you went to barber school. What, what made you want to do that?
0: Oh, uh, man, great question uh so i was always around hair um my grandmother actually owned a hair salon in the sunset in san francisco um and that's kind of like i grew up until i was probably like five years old i grew up just like swooping around the shop and like i'd get tips from her clients and stuff so i was always always (laughs) in like always around the hair um and then growing up she cut mine and my brother's hair um and it wasn't until like high school like i really wanted to be a barber And, um, I had asked my family, I was like, uh, my parents, I was like, is it cool if I go to barber school instead of college? And they they both laughed at me, dude. Um, they are like, come on, like, you got to think of something better than that. (laughs) Um, so I went to college for a little bit. Um, after like three semesters, I dropped out. Um, and I was just like in between like odd jobs and stuff. And I just made that decision to myself uh, that I was going to put myself through barber school. Um, but, like, the, the turning point was um, I went to my barber. Um, and he was, like, my be- one of my best friends growing up. And he would, like, cut all of us and, like, my teammates up and stuff like that. And one day um, I hit him up super last minute for a cut. And he's like, yeah, bro, come in at 9 p.m. And I was like, sure. Sounds good. So I, uh, I got there and it was a super hot day. Uh, like that day specifically was super hot. And I remember watching him and I walked in and he wasn't wearing a t-shirt. He was just wearing jeans, cowboy boots, and an apron. And I was like, what the heck? And <laughs>
1: wild you know, I remember like,
0: <laughs> and like, I remember there was like two people ahead of me. So I was watching. So we cut those two people and I was like, so like intrigued by the, the fact that this guy wasn't wearing a t-shirt. And I sat down and i was like, hey Jordan, bro, what number am I today? And he like looks at his books and he's like, you're number 20. I was like, I'm the 20th person you're about to cut? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, everybody paid you? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, dude, the fact that this man can make a full day's wage with no t-shirt on. And I remember looking at him I'm like, dude, i was like i want to do what you do for a living and he was just <laughs> laughing hella hard and uh man three weeks later from that day i ended up signing up for barber school and that's how it all started
1: fuck yeah dude that's a beauty story that's that's life bro <laughs> like no shoes no shirt but i still get service bro like that's exactly that bro. His, fucking was, line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: his was no shoes no shirt but he's given service bro for show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love to see it bro yo so other than barbering bro i know you're hell into skateboarding and shit um because i think like one thing we've touched on in the podcast a lot and like damon correct me if i'm wrong but is like your career is very important to you but there's so many more things that like lead up to who you are as a human being and we've had this conversation a lot of times about value and like what value do you bring and maybe i'll spring that in a little bit later in the episode give us some time to simmer in people's heads but um dude like tell me a bit about like skateboarding and like creative expression because i know there's a lot of outlets for you like how does that kind of like amalgamate into lulu himself and like how do those develop you as a person
0: oh for sure man um man uh so one of my mom's boyfriends uh who had uh introduced me to skateboarding and um he was the first person that was actually had tattoos that i was like allowed to hang out with because like, I, I was so young yeah um and i always like associated like like pretty dirty like San Francisco look and vibe to a skateboard. And like that is something that I just always wanted to like carry with me for the rest of my life. So that's like why I always stayed on the board.
1: Fuck yeah, dude, that's a great story. I I never even thought about that. I was like, yo, as a kid you weren't allowed to hang out with people with tattoos. Like, damn, you definitely had (laughs) some strict ass parents.
0: yeah well i mean it's like the, the well like their friends you know i mean none of them had tattoos okay. and like obviously i'm six, so none of my friends had tattoos <laughs> yet <either. laughs>
2: so how much of the because obviously the entire world is skateboarding like every interest you have like it'll have a culture of its own right so how much of that yeah. did you kind of incorporate into your own identity
0: man uh i would say it's it's a huge chunk of it um because from six all the way till present day. Um, I've always had a skateboard readily available. I've always been able to to hop on a board at any time I wanted. Um, so I would say it's pretty much, it's like, it's in me. I'm definitely 100% skateboarder till I die. How would
1: you describe like Bay Area skateboard culture? Like as opposed to like LA or New York or like anywhere else, there's a scene like, what makes SF SF?
0: Man, uh, it's it's the fact that we were blessed with all these hills um, compared to any other place in the world. Like this place is it's literally like it's a jungle of just like mega ramps. Every other block is just another mega ramp, and it's like no no other skate scene goes as fast and just goes as fast and gets as rowdy as San Francisco. Um, I think I think like a great example is like uh, just like last week there was a Dolores Hill bomb. So they shut down the streets with like a bunch of skaters and people were just flying down the hill, uh, the Dolores Park Hill. Um, and I know like that's all, that's only a San Francisco thing for sure.
2: That's awesome. Now you're saying that you were also, you're growing up as the youngest, but then obviously being surrounded with communities like this, there have probably been a ton of other individuals growing up that you've, you know, taken advice and life lessons from and, you know, even when Fado is describing you as you know this big brother figure, despite being the same age, you know it's it's almost <laughs> like you've lived many lives in your time. So I'm just curious, like who were some of those seminal figures? Like, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be just your older brothers or just family. Like some of these other individuals from these other avenues and walks of life, where did they come from, and kind of what are some of those lessons that they've taught you that you still kind of persist uh, in? enacting those lessons in your life
0: man um, it's funny a lot of my heroes and a lot of people that i look up to um i didn't truly like like sit down and like meet them um so like in the skateboarding community um like the two that pop up to my head uh would be uh jake phelps um and he's he was like the editor-in-chief of thrasher uh for the longest time uh And I met him a few times in the city. And every time I met him, uh like I was always like too like excited to to, like say anything or like ask any questions. And he would just look at me and he'd like drop like some super hard like quote. Um (laughs) and so like I met him at at Civic Center when I was and still in high school one time in San Francisco. And uh I remember asking him like, hey Jake, like do you have any like words of advice? And he said, the city's meant to be burnt down. Like, take, like, whatever you do here is what you take with yourself to the grave. So make sure you make it worth your while. And, oh, and another thing was, like, your friends are everything. What you do every day, like, make sure you spend it with your friends. Because, like, unlike, like, they know more about you than your parents. But they're, they're never going to judge you like anybody else like they're going to show you love unlike any other so make sure you take care of your friends always um and like stuff like that uh in wrestling i grew up i grew up wrestling um i was a really hardcore wrestler for about like 10 years and a lot of my coaches um also played a big role and uh it was honestly anybody who like was able to like drop like quotes of knowledge that like stuck with me I was like, I like that. And um, I would just try to hang around them as much as possible. And um, it's funny that, like, what, how we started and how, like, what Fawad was saying. And yeah, man, it definitely, you could definitely tell that that's exactly what I gravitated towards for sure.
2: Yeah, Fuck I mean, yeah. Like, we got quotes on deck here. On this I would say you're talking to
1: the right people. <laughs> Damien is our resident quote guy, bro. Every podcast he drops. Oh well, I'm, I'm so I'm so waiting for it today, Damien. I don't know if you'll pull something out of your hat soon. <laughs> I mean, like
2: even with the uh, one of the uh, with uh, the quote that uh, I forgot his name of the Thrasher editor just mentioned. There's there's something uh, about. Yeah. But I would the point uh, that I I was going to raise with mentors is the I mean the, the individuals that you mentioned they were all. Um, that you interacted with them all right you had a personal connection with them yeah and what I was trying to what I wanted to raise is not necessarily a counterpoint but just like an addendum to it is that it do, it's not just these individuals that you did to meet face-to-face in life that you can call mentors you can also find remote mentors right uh and growing yeah. up I did a lot of that as well um just because I don't know I just yeah I found myself on the internet a lot so just YouTube lectures yeah podcasts. exactly <laughs> the greatest part about finding remote mentors is that they can't say no they can't refuse you as a student right because they live on their legacy lives on through their teachings online and so you know in this way you can find whoever it is that you admire be it i don't know like da vinci or controversial now but elon musk or you know whoever (laughs) like you can find these guys you can find the lessons and you can find ways to incorporate the things that they're teaching you into your life so it doesn't. You don't have to be discouraged in finding these amazing people in your own life because you know they're all there online. Um, I mean, you got a podcast yourself, Lulu. So you know some of your teachings. It's it's there online too, right?
0: Definitely. So we got that, some
2: uh... Lulu
1: super fans out there, binging these episodes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what's the the podcast about? How did that get started?
0: Um, man, uh, the true story. Uh, it happened on a, uh, a psychedelic trip. Um, and I felt there was this piece of uh, man, like my heart was filled up with like, so much positivity at this moment. And I remember like I was just talking just nonstop talking out of my ass to my friends. And I could tell that they didn't want to like truly like hear any of what I was saying. And I was like, man, like I wish there was a way for me just to like to say all this out and like throw it in like, cause I knew what I was saying was true facts. Like I knew I wasn't just spitting bullshit, but they thought since I was tripping, I was just spitting bullshit. Felt <laughs> <laughs> like, man, like if I could, if I could record this and save this and show you guys when we're not tripping and play it back and realize that I was like actually spitting facts, that would be sick. Um, and I remember I, I got dropped off at the house and the first, like, I went onto my notes and I typed up this entire thing about how I'm going to create this podcast about when, um, like when these ideas or these emotions come to me, like I get to, I get to put them into this like capsule and then I just want to open them up when, when the time's right. So that's, yeah, that's exactly how it started. <laughs>
2: that's beautiful. And what's the best thing that's come out of the podcast now since you started it, since you, uh, you gave yourself permission to kind of work towards that goal.
0: Um, the best thing I think, uh, honestly, it's it really just fed my confidence really fed my confidence in a sense of like um kind of like how everything like that i had pictured that it would be um it's it's slowly becoming that and 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 some uh so it's like the fact that i I could feel some type of way and and just got to follow that it's it's definitely affected a lot more of like the decisions that i've made or that i'm continuing to make in my life just because i know like if i truly like feel some type of way about it there's probably for great reason dude definitely
1: and yo that that point about like talking your ass off and like your friends think he's bullshit yo i'm that guy every time every time we go on a trip and yo it doesn't need to be like a psychedelic trip like, anytime we're just shooting the shit i'm always that guy that's like talking yeah. their head off and they're like bro like we get what you're saying but like you just need to stop right now and it's like i feel like you know, maybe that's how your podcasters bro and david is that guy too for sure because the first time i met david you definitely talked my head off too uh, but i was gonna say like podcasts are the yeah. best way for that to get expressed it's like such a creative outlet in that sense. And then it also builds your confidence because you become such a better speaker. Um, I've definitely slowed down a lot since I started podcasting, which is like a big thing for me. I used to talk way too fast. Um, and just being able to connect with so many different people, guests you have on. You're talking about like even haircutting, like, dude, you're cutting a six-year-old, you're cutting a 95-year-old, like that gap and being able to bridge that as like a 23-year-old yourself is like so, so important. And most people don't get that experience. Like even as an engineer, dude, in my career, I talk to. talked white males aged like 22 to like 40 like that's it pretty much that's it like 90 percent of my day right and it's so so different like what you what you get to do and like what we get to do with the podcast as well and i think that's such a good thing for like just understanding people's values and that was my long-winded segue into this conversation we've had a couple times like at the barbershop just about like value itself and we we've talked about this a lot before but just like this whole idea of, I think you sprang it on me like two or three cuts ago, but I, you were like, dude, like I've been thinking a lot about like, what kind of value does someone bring? Like beyond like, you know, good time, beyond like vibes and shit. Like what is your actual value as a human being? And like, how do you like represent that? So yeah, I just want to open that discussion. Like what makes you valuable as a human being, Lulu?
0: Man, I appreciate that. Um, man, uh, actually, can I just go off about real quick Yeah, about yeah do what it, sparked it, do it. all this? Um, so pretty much I was sitting here, uh, and I, I was going to cut you like a day or two, too later. You already, you already booked your appointment. And, um, I was sitting up here on the roof and I was really thinking about like all my friends, family, clients, and people that I crossed. And I was like, aside from the haircuts, aside from the skateboarding, like aside from everything, like the tangible stuff, like what do I bring to the table? Um, and man, it was something that I had to sit with for a very, like I was sitting for a while and I even brought it up to squad and I'm glad that you bring it back up again. Um, and I think I'm, I know honestly what, what truly makes me valuable. And it's, it's definitely, definitely like my view of, of this world and like what you were saying about just like how I get to see and meet all these different people um, and knowing for a fact within my own heart that, that like that does make a difference for me. Um so it's, it was honestly just realizing that that just being who I am is is valuable, if that makes sense. Everything that I do for myself is makes me valuable and it makes everybody else valuable as well. Um, as long as like it's truly what you want to do or what I want to do for myself, that's that's adding value to my stock. And and I, I feel like that goes for anybody else too for sure.
2: Amen of that. And I know it's a little bit <laughs> embarrassing, um, uh, but one way to really kind of highlight your value is simply to ask your friends because, again, like, I, I, it's, it feels really embarrassing for a lot of people because, I don't know, it's almost like this moment of vulnerability to ask somebody that. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. I, I did that before once just because like I was just curious to see what kind of answers I would get. Like I, I just asked a couple of my friends, like, hey, what do you think? I'm naturally good at. Uh, I remember and, you
1: asked me this too. Yeah. You texted me and yeah. I was like, yeah. this, is a, this is a deep ass question I got. I can't hurt this guy's feelings right now.
2: <laughs> no, but like it was, it, it wasn't even like, it, it, it's hard to ask that sometimes. Cause again, like I know people try to sugarcoat things and whatnot, but just in all honesty, you know, in all vulnerability, just being able to ask a question like that, it's so beautiful to see the, the variety and myriad different answers that you can get from people. Cause even when you ask yourself that question, maybe your mind will just go one direction, right? Yeah. When you start to get these answers, you start to look at yourself as a different person to see how all of these people start to view you from different POVs because it's something about the way that we interact with different people. We present different versions of ourselves to them. So they, everyone has a slightly different POV on how they see you. So I, I think it's just a beautiful thing. Um, it's a really humbling and motivating and confidence boosting exercise to be able to ask that to your friends these individuals that care about you and that respect you to show you that you know you are more than what you think you are sometimes so if you need to pick me up just do that
0: if you don't mind me asking uh damien uh what were some of the answers that you still remember about like that people told you when you did ask um there.
2: I guess like two that come to mind off uh, off the bat are um, one of my friends mentioned that they would look, they would talk about something as a matter of fact, like they had their mindset on it, but then I would present alternatives that they never even thought of initially. And then, you know, made me, made themselves reconsider things in a new light. And another was in the way that I communicate certain things. Like if I'm talking about things I get like really excited about, like science or whatever, Um, I I really want to bring people into that so the way to do that isn't to you know talk about things in this like high-flying manner where you're using like all this jargon and making it sound overly complicated it's about trying to simplify it as much as possible and communicate it in a way that gets them excited about it too so those are two that kind of popped to mind but yeah like it just like hearing those things just made me grateful for the people that I had in my life too because even though you're asking about yourself it's also a reflection of how they see you so it's like i got some really amazing people in my life that i had (laughs) be careful for fuck yeah i can definitely test Um, if i could
0: add to if i could add to the list of value i told this to fawad after i listened to the very first the first time i ever listened to this podcast on my own um and i had i told him that i really liked how his partner you damien um no matter how much you guys seem to like veer off from like the the topic that you guys started <laughs> with you always seem to be the person that kind of like brings it back in and that's something that i truly appreciate about you even though this is like the first time we're talking fuck hey, yeah you definitely bring and like so like when i'm talking to like my clients or like i'm setting up like my own podcast i always keep that in the back of my head like all right how can i even if i do accidentally veer off how can i kind of tie this back together and that's honestly because of this podcast and the couple episodes that i've listened to and like just, that's what it's taught me so far so i appreciate you guys thank you
2: dude, dude no nah, thank you so much Lily. you got us cheesing so hard like <laughs> man I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you <laughs> so much um yeah i i i, I, I don't know i'm just I'm, you got me all flustered now <laughs> dude, i don't mean to make stop. you blush bro <laughs> <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> no but so um obviously there's there's one thing that i was very curious to ask you about and it's of course this this new experience of having a child having to raise a child now right and who's I don't know I was talking to, I don't know it feels like a couple of kids a couple of people have been having kids recently it just been it just blows my mind because it still feels like I myself am still so young and it I don't know yeah. just raising kids in this world is just it's such a at once exciting and almost terrifying thing right to be responsible for this other human life to be able to raise them in such a way where they can become fully autonomous and functioning adults in this crazy ass world so um tell us well first of all uh what's your kid's uh, name what did they go by
0: man carter the farter carter the farter <laughs> uh, his, uh but his real name or his full name is carter rose Cruz. that's beautiful uh, yeah, man
2: everything yeah how did you come on that because i mean like for us uh Fouad and i when we were starting the podcast we took f- like fucking years on coming up with a name and that's just for a podcast <laughs> right when you're naming a yeah. kid i feel like it's going to be even that much harder so uh, how did you come to carter
0: um so my my partner uh she she had brought up the name carter um and The first thing I thought of is, I'm a big Johnny Cash fan, um, and his wife's name is June Carter. Um, And that was the first thing I thought of was June Carter Cash. And to have that kind of like association in my head, like that was, that truly made my heart hella happy. Um, And then I had my couple names, like we had Oliver and like a few others. Um, But it it was a trip, dude, like the moment, like, so you have like a list of like 10 different names in the delivery room. And... Like, you have all these thoughts and ideas, like, all right, this, if it looks like this, then we're going to call him this. Or if he looks like <laughs> this, we'll call him that. Um, or we'll name him that. Um, and he looked nothing like I could have ever imagined. Uh, <laughs> man, he's <laughs> 10 times more gorgeous than ever. Um, but yeah, the moment he came out um, and he was in my partner's arms, uh, <clears throat> dude, and they only give you like five. Like they don't even give you five minutes to give, like, to decide the name. Like, he pops out, they cry, they like wipe him down, and then they're like, "All right, so what's his name?" And I'm like, "Yo," (laughs) Um, but uh, without hesitation, um, yeah, Carter came out, and it was funny because all the names that we picked out, we were like, at least all at least of the ten names that we have, there's no there's nothing that he could get like laughed at for, like, (laughs) for later down the line. Yeah, and it wasn't until like. Uh, a month in of him being home and he farted for the first time <laughs> and I was like Carter the Farter <laughs> and I was like oh shit like we didn't even think about that <laughs> Now, so that's why we're calling him Carter the Farter now so he fully accepts it so by the time he gets to elementary school get he, up that he's, thick, he's soaking man. it all up
1: yo just make sure yeah. make sure his friends don't listen to his podcast bro because otherwise he's going to get roasted <laughs> 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 that's hella funny bro so Carter the Farter fucking yes. crazy nickname, number it. one but number two we've had this conversation a couple of times too but i'll reintroduce it just for for the listeners yo raising a kid like there's so many influences on you like there's like unknown influences in terms of like how your parents treated you as a kid whether you were aware of it or, or you were not aware of it there's like your grandparents there's like a whole lineage and ancestry that comes along with it there's a lot of baggage right and i feel like yeah. you know as a new parent obviously you want to be in charge of shaping your kid as much as they're shaping it themselves as well. When he's like eight months old, you know, it's, it's definitely you. Right. So, um, uh, talk to me through that process. Like, how's it been like trying to like, number one, be a good parent, be a good dad, but number two, like also taking in all the influences you've had, like the positive, the negative, and like using that as lessons to like shape how you want to do this. Uh,
0: definitely. Um, so quickly into, so like, I was start like saying like, the nine months leading up to parenthood, all of the thoughts and ideas and emotions that entered my mind have, have were not valid whatsoever and don't apply, aren't, <laughs> aren't applicable to the actual parenthood. Um, and that's something I'll say, so like, whatever you feel about like being a parent beforehand, is, is nothing near what you from my experience at least there's nothing near what i what it's really like um what i realized though um is like as he's growing it's kind of like bringing up a lot of these memories that i didn't even realize i had actually remembered um so i, I always thought that like my memory bank kind of started when i turned like six or seven um uh, but, like, even that, a few months old, it's like, yo, like, I can kind of even picture, like, my first couple baths with my grandma now <laughs> as I'm giving him baths. So that's been a trip. Um, but it's taught me that a lot of my nuances, uh, my sense of humor, the way I walk through life, things like that have really come from the way that my parents walk through life. But, yeah, uh, so a lot of, like, the way I see and view and act and how I move is all is exactly how my, my parents and my immediate, like, friend group act and move um and so like when i'm raising carter it's it's always just keeping that in mind even when there's things that like i'm that are new to me or things that are like like i've i've never seen or experienced before it's going in there knowing that it's just all this is all part of life you know what i mean there's there's no way around it you can't change it like this is just life this is how it works um and just appreciating it for what it is because if it's if it's going to happen to you, whether, like whatever happens in your life, it's gonna happen, whether you're in a good mood, a bad mood, happy, sad, whatever it may be, it's gonna happen. It's just how, are, how am I reacting to that when they actually hit, when they actually come. Um, so especially in times of like me not knowing um, or like in times of like new, uh, new experiences coming up, that's when like, I remember this especially just because I know that he's going to follow. You know what I mean? Um, and I just want that for him. I want him to, to take on all these new life experiences and life challenges with a smile on his face because, you know what I mean, they're going to happen regardless. Um, so that's kind of really like a big, a big point of like how we're, we're beginning to raise him already, for sure.
1: Okay. All right, taking this a bit. Maybe it's a bit personal, maybe it's a bit negative, but I'm actually really curious about this. What's the number one thing about how you are raised that you saw and you were like, no, like, I don't want to do this with Carter. Like, I want to do it differently.
0: Man, OK, this is going to be a tough one for me just because it hasn't happened yet, but it's, it's the trust. Um, I don't know if it's because, like, at a certain age, like your, your kids do something that makes you not trust them because like every time I tell this to a friend they all agree with me they're like yeah man my parents don't trust me (laughs) Um, but yeah it's it's like there's like I don't know if anybody if you guys ever had this experience but like have you ever like really felt like in your heart of heart you know for a fact you were like telling the truth or you did something like quote-unquote like right and your parents just don't believe you for the life of you they're like no that didn't happen or like like come on tell us the truth like what really happened yeah um and dude like so those were some of like the most like like heart-wrenching like moments as a kid because like like what i said about like your friends and like how like they know you just as well as your family it's like like these are your, like, your people like they're raising you like they know you more than anybody else yet they don't know when you're telling the truth mm-hmm. and it's like all that has to come down to is just trust then like even if i don't know even like in a, in a moment of like in a moment of of the unknown it's like okay like do you I trust him or not and that's that's one thing that i definitely have to like to put into carter's for sure it's like even if i don't know if he's telling me the truth or not giving him the benefit of that like yeah like you know what i mean you know, he's telling the truth hopefully like no i feel
1: that's a that's a really good lesson actually i I mean, I'm sure Damien can relate to this, too, but there's been hell of times, bro. Hell of times. I don't even want to get into the stories because I don't know if I want them on the podcast because this is kind of a public podcast. But there's <laughs> <laughs> definitely like coming over from parties, like whatever it is, your parents are like, bro, like you did this. And I'm like, no, like I swear to God, I did not do this. Like, this is not what happened. Like, you got it completely messed up. And it's like it was just so frustrating, right? Because exactly what you said, it's like you expect this person to. Number one, know you the best like anyone else, right? And they claim to, right? I always remember my dad was like, yo, I know when you're telling the truth. Like no matter what, you can't lie to me. Like I know you, right? And like, yeah, yeah. my dad used to like draw this into my head. I was like, at some point I was like, yo, like this guy can actually like sense the future or some shit because there's no way he knows like if I'm capping right now. But yeah, there was like a couple moments when I was like growing up like 16, 17, especially like senior or high school, It was just like, dude, like you claim to know me so well. And like, I'm genuinely telling the truth. Like, it's like, how do I get across that gap? And I think that's really, really hard to do. And I don't know if it's like a thing of age where it's like, you know, teenagers shitheads, like 15 to 17 is just like a rough time for everyone. Uh, same way that middle school is like a rough time for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's like certain universal truths to that, but I think it is a lot about like building that trust from a young age. Like it's, it's not just something you like stumble upon when you're 16. You're like, okay. Like I gotta trust you. You gotta trust me. It's like, that has to be shown and shaped through so many experiences, like starting from the beginning where like, you can't even talk to each other. You know what I mean? I think, I think that's really huge. So Definitely. yeah, that was great that you brought that up.
0: Thank you. Um, that is like, we said, like starting on from an early age is something that's like super big for us too. So like, it's kind of a trip if you like were to see us like just hanging out with Carter, like raising Carter right now. Cause we honestly like treat, treat him as, as, our, as each other already. Like even though I'm a grown adult and he's still eight months old. Like I talk to him just how I'm talking to you guys. Um, And, like, just anything I do, it's exactly like if I were talking to to a peer. Um, And it's because as we we grow together and when he's 23 years old and I'm 46, I want to be able to, I don't want to have to be like a flip to switch where it's like, all right, cool, now he's an adult. Now I can talk to him. It's like, no, he's always been a valid individual. He's always had a valid voice from get. And he's always going to make sure. I I always want to make sure that he knows that for sure.
2: Bro, I've been saying, like, one of my lasting hypotheses for so long, and obviously I can't really validate this for myself until I have a child, so it's, it's going to be an experiment in the making. But I, I just like there's probably so many, not actually issues, but there's so many hurdles that a child can overcome had it been for their parent raising them like they were an adult, or like you said, like as another valid human being with, you know, with, with valid opinions and thoughts about things. And valid yeah. like, emotions, how they feel about things. If you were raised in that way, rather than being coddled or having like a helicopter parent that took care of everything for you and you were sheltered in that way, by being raised by someone who recognized that, you know, the way you think about things, what you feel about things, they're completely valid. That probably instills so much confidence in you to become a fully functioning adult in the world, right? Like being able, being raised in that way probably gives you the confidence to set foot in the world and just figure shit out for yourself. Like if something goes wrong, you were never, your first instinct isn't to go to your mom or your dad to you know help you figure it out. Cause you know, you can do it yourself, right? That's how you were raised. Like that's your MO. So honestly, like kudos to you, Lulu. Like I'm, I don't know, it's not in my place, but like, I'm proud, proud of you for raising your kid in that way. And it, it makes me happy to hear that as well.
0: I appreciate that, man. Thank you.
2: So has uh, having COVID changed the way that you looked at life or any in any way?
0: 100 percent um uh i'm sure full watching the test of this but uh as a barber i have never gone harder um as in like quality wise um, and skateboarding i've never skated as much as i am now um when like a, a true wish and uh and plan for carter is for him to to do and make a living off of exact like of his true love and interest so right now um the moment he was born man uh i made sure that i i tap into my true love and my true interest uh just because that's me literally leading by example i don't want to just keep telling him or i don't want to be a parent that just tells him stuff and doesn't do it themselves um so he's really just given me the confidence to to chase my dreams as <laughs> as cheesy as that may sound it's, it's real, real real enough. life <laughs> um that and i would honestly say like my perception of time uh before I used to always think that I had extra time, or like, like there's always time to do something. And like, as I see it with him, like, time is constant, like, it never stops. And it's like, I really want to take advantage of being young, 23 years old, because when he's young 23, I don't want him to be like some of my peers where they think they're too old for some stuff. I'm like, oh, my back aches. It's like, nah, bro, like, we are way too young. <laughs> and I hope he, I hope he, he keeps that kid at heart for the rest of his life for sure. Fuck yeah. yeah
1: Those man. are great insights, bro. The time thing, Hit me like a truck too. Like thinking about it, like I've almost been in SF a year and like, I still feel like I'm new to the city and, and there's so many like regrets that I come along with that. Like, yo, I should have like explored more. I should have done this, I should have done that. But it's also like very empowering where it's like, yo, like in a year, think about where I could be. You know, if I if I actually do these things now and I get started on them, like time just passes so quickly. Like, eventually you'll be sick of it. Like, dude, like so many things I want to start, like so many things I want to do fast forward a year and if if i've been doing them for a year holy fuck i'm gonna have six pack apps right so yeah that's that's definitely the biggest one but yo uh, throwing it back to something you mentioned like earlier in the conversation i have a book suggestion for you guys and it's for both of you actually i read it on my trip to peru when i was on the meditation retreat and that was fucking sick um but it's called man's search for himself and it kind of like goes back to that whole like individualism thing you guys were mentioning about and pretty much the thesis of this book is um you cannot be like free from anxiety and like free from like you know all the nervousness and all like the modern anxieties that come along with the world and like just this lack of self-confidence until you're able to make decisions that truly align with yourself and it's like a lot of people that stems from like childhood shit where it's like your parents made decisions from you or you're always seeking for your parents approval and shit and you're not doing things that you, you truly want to do and yeah I don't know super good read y'all bring it into the barbershop next time you can borrow my coffee uh, but he's super super <laughs> fucking good read, and highly recommend it for you guys.
0: Sounds great, yeah. Thank you.
2: That's awesome. Um, yeah, definitely gonna check that out. Man, search for that. It's such a popular title now. Like, man, search for X. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. Look at it now. This
1: Robert. is one of the OGs, though. It's from like the seventies. But yeah, it's it's a riff on "Man from uh for Meaning,
0: yeah. like
1: the the OG OG book. But yeah, it, it's kind of similar. He does like a little homage, uh, to the author, and so it's it's pretty good. But yeah, um dude i don't know just that whole concept of individualism like now you're shaping an individual it's not just like you becoming that individual it's you shaping somebody to become yeah. themselves right and that must be like such That's a right. trip man such a trip i don't know
2: yeah and then age- well, it ties into the Sorry. no i was just gonna read like i, I just have the book open here and then just like a the one-line synopsis is in an age of overwhelming anxieties gives us guidance on how to choose judge and act during such times like i need that shit Hell, anxiety <laughs>
1: Yeah, dude, and it's crazy because it was written like the '70s, but like so many lessons are are still true today. Yeah, but yeah, Lulu, you were gonna, you were gonna go. My bad, I, we cut you off.
0: Oh no, 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 no. Um, I was just gonna say, um, you said like shaping it, an an individual, um, and like I had said earlier, it's like just literally shaping him by continuing to shape myself. Like, I think the something that like one thing that hasn't changed. I'm sorry, something that has changed uh, was like the moment when he did, when he had it was, this timeline it was like, like, knowing that like everything that I had planned to do now just has to get done. Like, everything that I, like you said, like, oh, in a year, like, you're, you're going to say you want to do this, this and this. It's like now it's like, I actually have to do this and this and this mm-hmm. because, you know what I mean? He's going to follow the same suit. So, yeah, definitely.
2: So, I know he's only what you said, eight months old.
0: Eight months, man. So
2: what are you most proud of him for accomplishing so far?
0: <laughs> man. Dude, I would say, like, honestly, it's like every day, I'm, there's something new to be proud of him for, to be honest. Um, every week, he's, like, just taking major leaps, uh, like, mentally, but physically also growing. Um, I would say I'm most proud of him for – the his selection of traits that he's already taken on mm-hmm. um so like some of the things like the nuances of like from his mom and then like some of my nuances just the fact that like those are the things that are already sticking or like already showing i'm hella proud of that right now just because like a lot it's a lot of the positive stuff and like i haven't i've yet to see any of the like any of like my rougher edges you know what i mean kind of like spit into him yet so that's been really really cool Fuck that's yeah. awesome
2: well kudos so far and i wish your family and carter the best i'm sure like it, it looks like he's in good hands he's got good mentors around him and you know like Thank keep you. him around the barbershop you know like seeing him part of probably listening outside those conversations probably do do well for his growth as well awesome. um, Thank you. so we are nearing the top of the hour and um I mean, you've probably heard this question already since you've uh, listened to a couple of episodes, but we do have a traditional final question that we asked on, on this podcast of all of our guests. And uh, for I'm going to throw it over to you to ask the question because my voice is getting a little hoarse now, but if you don't know, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, dude, I got you. No worries. Um, well, first, all, I just want to say like, dude, show Carter this episode. Like going back to that capsule fucking like idea. Please. I Like one thing I'm so jealous about of like, hopefully my kids will be and like, obviously Carter as well. I was like, I don't have like a good insight into who my dad was when he was 23. You know what I mean? Like there's no like videos of him. There's no like podcast episodes, dude. I, we have like what, 70 episodes out, dude. If my kid like wanted to, he could like completely understand who I've been over the last three years. And like, exactly. How I've shaped, we just fucking sick. And like, just hearing you talk exactly. about this, like, I don't know. I just, I'm thinking about when this guy's 23 and he listens back and, and like, he'll just be so happy to hear what you were proud of. Right. And I don't know. This just makes me really happy. But going back to topic as, as Damien is so good at doing um the traditional final question (laughs) is if you could put any one message on a billboard that would reach millions even billions of people and you can like stratify this audience like whoever you want uh or just keep it open what message would you put on a billboard and why
0: man i would say a gentle reminder is to be gentle with yourself but don't forget to roll roll the dice and go fast um I say that because, um, man, up until this point, I was very much like uh, harsh on myself, harsh on others. Um, and it's so easy to take care of each other. Uh, but we're always the, we're, we're stuck with ourselves at the end of the day. So really always be gentle with yourself, but don't be afraid to, to roll the dice. Don't be afraid to get, get, get a little muddy out there. You know what I mean? Um, you only get one life, so to live it, like clean slate uh man it's like what stories do you want to tell your your folks when you meet them in the afterlife for real um so yeah that's that's exactly what i put on the on billboard for sure That's beauty
1: this guy had it ready off the top dude we didn't even have to press him for it fucking love it <laughs> no that's beauty I, yeah, yeah dude especially the last part you said like what stories you want to tell because i feel like my bad this siren's outside but one thing i feel like a lot of people think about is like Oh, like what stories you want to tell your kids, like when you're old or whatever, right? Like, oh, sitting around like as a grandpa, but also like, yo, what stories you want to tell your dad when like they passed away and like, you're there with them? Like, what would you want to say? Like, yo, look, this is what I did with my life. Like you didn't get to see it, but this is what I did. And like, I don't know. That's yeah. like how inspiring to me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right on. And I mean, you wanted a, a quote, Lulu. I, I, I might have said this one on the podcast before, but the one that I guess the theme that stood out to me throughout the conversation uh this by Hunter S Thompson is life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well preserved body but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke thoroughly used up totally worn out and loudly proclaiming wow you know that's what life's about bro just living <laughs> it making the most of it just, yeah. just, just stay young okay. stay foolish stay hungry that's what it's about right
0: exactly 100 percent i appreciate that dude thank you so much
2: no it's always a pleasure thank you lulu for the vibes for the great energy for the insights and wisdom for you know just bringing your beard around the block it's always <laughs> good to have something to aspire towards um <laughs> but with the uh, kind of last 10 15 seconds is if there's anything you want to promo shout out or where can people reach you if they want to uh hit up
0: lulu uh definitely yeah uh you can catch me on uh, my Instagram, it's at gnarly and the chocolate factory. Um, uh, send me any uh, ideas, questions, DMs through there. Um, if there's anybody I want to shout out, uh, first and foremost, shout out to you guys, Fawad and Damien, uh, for creating a platform, man. Uh, Fawad knows how excited I was to, to be on this. Um, and that's because of you guys and all the voices and the people you're touching. So thank you. Um, and 23 years from now, Shout out to Carter the Farter because I can't <laughs> really show you this episode and for you to hear and just to see where we're at, man. Uh, big love to you and big love to to these two folks, man. Thank you so much for having me. Fuck yeah, it's our pleasure.
2: Sh- big shout out Carter the Farter. I'm um, excited to meet you one day in the future, maybe when we're <laughs> up old men. Um, but yeah, Fud. Any last thoughts, dude? Nah, dude. That's the
1: first time I think we gotten a shout out at the end of an episode. So that's fucking sick. <laughs> I brought a smile on my face. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I told them this like after every episode like what we do we have a ritual where we you know we end the recording we say bye or whatever and then damien i have like a five minute debrief right and like dude every time it's like yo i was feeling down in the dumps i wasn't feeling that excited about shit but now that i do this episode i feel so good and like i don't know like dude that's exactly what it is like that's how i'm feeling like had a great conversation just felt like being in the barbershop with you and like obviously having damien here as well helped a lot and like i don't know just feeling really good thank you for the shout outs and, and for the lessons a lot of stuff to think about a lot of stuff to grow towards and Hopefully we can do it together. Yeah.
0: Thank you, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Uh, Damien, bro, please, if you ever make the time, or if I'm ever out on your side, I would love to exchange a haircut with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will hold you to that. Uh, whenever I come down to visit Fwad, I'm going to hit you up too.
0: Sounds like a plan though, man.
2: All right, brother. With that.
1: If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by face solutions logo designed by charmeni and music by wonderly music thank you for listening
0: think you got it nah we're on the next iteration <laughs>